welcome back to Wake Up Memphis here on the Mighty 990, 1079 FM, AM 990. Wow, this is the youngest this studio has ever looked. And it looks good. All right, we have a lot of great guests in studio this morning. Turning Point USA, you guys know them, you love them. They fight for a lot of the same values that we do here on this show every single day. And want to welcome in South Central Regional Manager Lacey Williams. Hello, good morning. Hello, good morning. And then someone you're familiar with, Anne Elizabeth McThaney, Chapter President at U of M. Good, good morning, morning. Anne Elizabeth. Now, Lacey, you're actually here partnering up with the U of M chapter on campus tonight for an event. Yes. Where'd you travel in from? Denver. Denver, nice and cold. Colorado. <laughs> so you're coming in to speak about an upcoming conference, but before you even get to that, you're just talking about what it means to be a conservative, but also a female conservative, which to some on the left is an oxymoron. How can mm-hmm. you be a woman and how can you be pro-life, for example, right. or all of these other things? So break down the difference between just being a conservative and then a feminist. Yeah, well, I think, honestly, feminism has been a term that's been hijacked by the left, to be quite honest. There's different waves of feminism. And so with your first wave, you have, you know, the right to vote, women's suffrage. I think pretty much everybody can agree that women need the right to vote. Um, And then as time goes on, you go through the 60s, it becomes a little bit more about abortion. And now it's this intersectionality um, kind of... It's very anti-feminist, you know, putting women first and equal rights. Uh, You shouldn't have the right to kill your own child. Uh, That's murder, and it's disgusting. Um, And also, too, being a conservative, we value truth, uh, not your truth or my truth, but the truth that life begins at conception. Uh, There's many studies that prove that. um, And acknowledging the fact that one of as a woman, one of your essential purposes is to house life. Um, there's this, obviously, I don't know if you've seen it, What is a Woman from Matt Walsh, if you've seen it at all. Um, there's a debate over what a woman actually is, an adult female person. Well, a female is somebody that can house life and can produce eggs. And so if you are against housing life and you know creating that next generation, for the essential purpose of a woman, then you are an anti-feminist. That's not feminism. It's just a facade. Yeah. And it's been a big conversation recently. You mentioned it briefly. What is a woman? And it's going to be interesting to see if we've gone so far to the left on this radical gender ideology that now you have men competing in everything woman. And the latest is what's happening with Leah Thomas. He was in a locker room. Of course, he says he's a she and dropped the pants and it was all there. Right. And right. And so do you think when you talk to conservative just students, not even conservatives, but just students on campus and Elizabeth, that we'll see maybe a referendum where we were feminist. But now to be a full woke feminist means you have to accept men now into women sports men coming into every avenue that typically have been dominated by women right no it's definitely crazy uh to see it on campus and to see that people are agreeing with these things uh at the end of the day women are at threat we have drag queens transgenders abortionists the wokest left all of that is just really coming against women and i hope that one day 
that these college students will be able to wake up their eyes and realize that it's taking away our right as a woman. Do you think that shift will happen sooner than later where it's gotten so extreme that they'll have to look at at some point it's not even difficult to see and it was just a conservative versus left now it just seems like common sense yeah. versus insanity i know Absolutely. sarah sanders or sarah huckabee sanders in her response to the state of the union she said now it's just the difference between common sense and for the left, it's become insanity, Lacey. Yeah, well, actually, to be honest, uh, after watching President Biden's State of the Union, I was disgusted. I felt lied to. And then seeing Sarah Huckabee Sanders' response, I was like, this is the type of leader we need in the future. I, I can totally see her eventually being a presidential nominee. That's me speaking on my own, not on behalf of Turning Point USA. I just want to be clear on that. Um, but she really went forth and instead of saying hey i am the female candidate she was just saying i am a female representative of conservative thought and she really hit every single point i think fabulously and um she was an attacker which is what the energy i think we need um not just being calm about anything really again we're joined by lacey williams she's the south central regional manager and Anne Elizabeth Thenew, chapter president at U of M, both working with Turning Point USA, joining the conversation. I appreciate you mentioning Sarah Huckabee Sanders and her response because one thing that has become a big discussion is young leaders. Mm-hmm. And you both and Don Lemon's textbook definition are in your prime. Congrats on that, ladies. Nice. <laughs> um, the rest of your your moms, goodbye. You guys can be done because you're in your 50s. And according to Google and Don Lemon, women in their prime can only be in their 20s, 30s. Anyways, he has yet to be seen on CNN since. Those statements, <laughs> he is expected to be back on Wednesday. And uh, that would be tomorrow. So we'll be all watching. Yeah. But there is sure. a conversation, especially with Nikki Haley jumping into the race, even cheats. So it's not just on the left. People on the right are saying we need a new generation of leadership. And she's come under fire for saying that, saying that there needs to be mental exams on candidates over 75 years old. Well, the ladies over at The View, they were having none of it. Take a listen (laughs) to this and cut three. We're one of the only countries in the world that don't value age, don't value experience. I mean, I remember when my grandmothers were alive, I would sit at their feet and just take in the lessons and everything that they had to say. And now it's like, oh, you're too old. Well, really, because when that person is gone, so is that institutional knowledge. And it just makes me sick. I think we have a clip of Nikki Haley. The America I see, the permanent politician will finally retire. We'll have term limits for Congress and mandatory mental competency tests for politicians over 75 years old. How dare she say that someone over 75 needs some sort of mental acuity test? I think she needs a mental acuity test. Your response. She needs a mental acuity test. (laughs) Oh, my Lord. Um, Two things. Well, number one, these are the people on The View that don't value tradition at all, so they can't just pick and choose what they're going to talk about. We do need term limits. Uh, This morning, I was watching Fox and Friends, and I see Biden get up and speak in front of Poland. um, And... 
they were complaining that he was late because he was sleeping in. I, I'm sorry, but if you are too old to get to the stand and actually stand for America, then you are too old uh, to go over policy and make and help, um, you know, influence our laws of the land and make major decisions. Now we're talking about World War Three, apparently. So uh, term limits are necessary. Yeah. I mean, is it time to have some new leadership, some different faces, Anne Elizabeth, especially when it's reflected in a younger demographic we saw in the midterms. They actually got out there and vote. Traditionally, they don't vote. They are now starting to vote. So for conservatives, is it important to have young faces represent us, young people? Yeah, I definitely believe that it is important. I believe like a new generation coming in is uh, necessary, but at the same time, that older generation, like the clip said, um, it is important to be able to learn from them. It is important to be able to take in all of that knowledge. Um, it's kind of just a combination that we're looking for. Uh, having our new generation being able to stand up, have a right, have a passion in our politics, but then also learning and growing from our older generations. Yeah. All right. Well, talk about the event tonight. Where can people go find out more? And then I know you're going to be teasing an upcoming summit. Yeah, for sure. So first thing, tonight at 6.30 at University of Memphis, I'll be speaking a little bit more about what I was talking about, what Ann and I kind of alluded to here, and that's going to be a lot of fun. You can check out our Instagram if you want a little bit more detail and tickets on that. As far as our upcoming conference, uh, sorry, Ben, you can't go unless you identify as a woman. We're still not doing that, though. Uh, We (laughs) have the Young Women's Leadership Summit happening in Dallas, Texas, and that's going to be happening in June. Uh, We'll have dates be coming out soon. Um, It's going to be a lot of fun. We've kind of rebranded the whole thing to kind of a 70s theme. Uh, It's going to be in Dallas, Texas, like I said, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Very cool. All right, Anne Elizabeth, have you showed her around town? The Bluff City? Lisa, is this your first time? First time. We went to, what diner did we go to last night? Blue City Cafe. Oh, it the was so best. Cool. The best. <laughs> so did you get the barbecue fries? We yeah, did. We did. It was so good. I was sitting there like, okay, how many calories now? <laughs> in Denver. Listen, Lacey, you're not in Denver anymore. You're right. We don't We're talk not about eating calories. like vegan stuff or whatever. <laughs> right. This is, you're here also on Mardi Gras. So yeah. they do have some good gumbo fries as well. What is Blues. gumbo? Am I sounding crazy? We'll have a whole nother hour post-show to explain the ways of this South. Love but it. appreciate you joining us and Thanks, weighing man. in and come back anytime. And Anne Elizabeth, as always, so much fun talking to you. Absolutely. Maybe we'll run into each other downtown. All right, we're <laughs> going to take a break. We'll come back right after this. There we go, Josh. That's the music I was looking for. All right, because we told you we've been switching out, playing with different bumper music. And some makes me feel a little bit better, some makes me feel angry. And this one's making me feel good this morning. All right, so great having TPUSA in studio. They're still here, by the way. You heard from the college side. So students in the area, especially those at U of M, you know where to go. And we'll share more about that on our website later today when we wrap up, get the podcast up. But we're not going to just be exclusive to college students because we know a lot of our listeners are younger than even college. That'd be high school. And we have representatives representing them. Christian Clementi, he's the Southern Regional Manager of TPUSA High School. And also joining me is Faith Woodman. She's the High School Lone Star National Field Rep joining us in studio. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Good morning. So this is neat because I've only talked to the college side. I was unaware that you had a 
full um, like classes, ways people can get involved with the conservative movement in high school well before they actually end up in college. Share a little bit about that. Yes. Yeah, so previously we had our national field program and it was kind of all combined and we just realized especially during covid that we're doing pretty good in the college department our students are really being activated and we've got strong chapters but like i said the nice thing that came out of covid is realizing what is going on in our public schools and parents are watching their students on their zoom class and everything and seeing all of the corruption and indoctrination happening during these classes where our students are supposed to be learning and we're like all right we're going to break off our national field program a little bit and we're going to have a designated college department and a designated high school department so we can have our field representatives focusing on high school and really giving it all of the attention it needs. I think that's really important because you mentioned COVID. I think we all knew that universities and college campuses were woke. Uh, it wasn't until COVID that all of these students started spending their time on Zoom University at home and parents started realizing what was in curriculum. A huge movement started shifting towards public education. What are our students being taught? And that's where you guys, as Faith just mentioned, said we see the need there and come along schools, even here in the Mid-South, to make sure students have a place and conservative students, high schoolers, have a place to go and feel supported, that they're not alone in holding traditional conservative and Christian values. Yeah, definitely. Uh, something that I've noticed uh, from my time, especially living here in the South and in the Southern region, is that there is a lot of apathy here, unfortunately, even in a lot of the red states here that we see that are turning over every election and we're not having any issues there. But the school boards, the principals, and the administration seem to have different ideas than that of the constituency and the parents and the students involved. And people don't really seem you know, like they have much of a voice there at that level, and we're here to give them that voice and let them know that there are issues here that we can't address and that, you know, they're not in this fight alone. Yeah. Um, people always say, well, you know, college is where, you know, the Marxism comes and it infiltrates all the students and they come out hating this country and everything. It's happening at the high school level, at the middle school level, and now even at elementary school. I get sent emails every day from people all around the country of what's going on in the school districts, things that are so egregious that I, I probably shouldn't say on the radio. And it, it breaks my heart because it didn't seem to be this way about five, six years ago, and it really seems like it's turned a complete 180 now, and yeah. now we're in this uphill battle. You're you're getting them so young now, and these reports, that's why I know, especially here in the Mid-South, our school board races were bigger than even, you could even say, our district attorney race. I mean, it was huge here, because it was the difference between parents saying, let's stick with the basics of arithmetic, math, English, and the other important skills, hard skills you need to learn versus them teaching all about these social programs, which included obviously critical race theories, those principles, but also gender ideology for middle schoolers. And like you said, even younger, that happened here in Germantown. Now, I know you guys have opened up a place in Collierville, a chapter there have you seen people start coming to those spaces, needing that area where they can feel supported? And you want it in Collierville, but we also have such a need in places like Germantown, Millington, Arlington. You see that moving forward into other districts. Faith. Absolutely. we have, Like I said, we have our Collierville chapter, and they're pulling upwards of 200 students at wow. every single chapter meeting that they're having, which is absolutely amazing, and I'm so proud of them. 
But we also want to be in those other high schools. We want to expand our movement. There's so many high schools in the country. There's so many students that need a voice, need to be empowered. That's my job. I empower students and I help them learn how to empower themselves. And it's so rewarding to see when the student is kind of able to or feels comfortable breaking off and standing up and taking on some of the, the flack and the, the backlash that unfortunately we are receiving right now. As I understand, you're actually going to meet with a lot of those students tonight. Yes, we are meeting with our Collierville Executive Board and any other chapters who want to join us for dinner tonight. And we're really excited to work with them and get them even more activated and more excited about the movement and Turning Point USA. And hopefully they have friends at other other high schools that want to start a chapter as well. Joined this morning by Faith Woodman High School Lone Star National Field Rep, as well as Christian Clementi. He's the Southern Regional Manager for TPUSA High School. Where could parents go if they are in these other suburbs, these other schools, even in the metro area that would like to see a chapter open up in their school district? Some of the easiest ways to reach us is through our TPUSA website. All they have to do is go to tpusa.com slash get involved. And we'll have a field representative like Faith, or if they're in college, somebody like Ricky, or, you know, and if it's anywhere else, it can go to Lacey or myself. And we always love to connect and plug those students into the applicable field rep or whoever's nearby. But that's the easiest way to reach us there. Um, always feel free to, you know, we have a lot of people reaching out through Charlie Kirk's podcast as well. Either, either way works. So before we scoot to break, I wanted to ask you guys, because you represent high schoolers. So... Apparently, Gen Z, because that's a lot of us, um, they would rather call an Uber than learn how to drive. Drive. This story coming out by the Washington Post, it's reported that a growing trend of Gen Zers born between 1996 and 2012 are waiting until their 20s to get their driver's license. Now, back in the day, I was counting down the days to get my driving permit. I wanted to be out on my own as soon as possible, but they're saying Gen Zers are less interested in driving because of a number of factors. Largest one is the environment and their impact that that could have on the environment driving again crazy but they're also pointing to the high cost of driving and then a couple other areas they say now we have access to ubers is this shocking to you i mean you guys are gen z are you guys shocked by this i'm very shocked by this i also find it very interesting that some of the reasons cited are environment and cost because you're paying for an uber every time that you get one and the prices could be very high you're especially if you're going out with friends the right. the more people the more seats you need the more expensive it's going to be as opposed to just having your own car and for the environmental reasons i we love the earth and everything but i feel like one car as opposed to using 10 20 cars throughout your week to get around is a little more environmentally damaging and i just I like driving. I like having that self-sufficiency and not having to wait 20 minutes for a car to come pick me up sometimes just to go to Walmart to get my groceries. Right. So I very much, I find that interesting. That's a weird study. I know, I, I, clearly the Washington Post, WAPO, is not surveying the middle of the country. I mean, if you wanted to call an Uber and you live in uh, Timbuktu, Ohio, that's going to take you three hours. So clearly, it's a bizarre study, but apparently, yeah, Gen Zers do not want to drive like they used to. A bizarre story. Appreciate you guys joining us in Thanks studio. For us. And for all of Turning Point USA and the great work they do um, here in the Mid-South, want to say a big thank you to them. 
All right, hour number three coming up next. We're going to be joined by Mark Graney, incredible author. His books have actually hit the big screen. Netflix, you've probably seen The Gray Man. It's a pretty incredible show. We'll talk to him up next. That all in hour number three. Stick around.